This is CliffCentral.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future CEOs. And this is my favorite day of the week. It is the Power Woman Session. My name is Subin Boya Arnold, and welcome to the show. Be the kind of woman that makes other women step up their game. And in studio today, I couldn't have described it any better. Let me repeat that phrase. Be the kind of woman that makes other women step up, the, step up their game. And with me, it is a privilege and it is an honor. And I know I'm going to learn so much from this week's Power Woman is Donna Rachelson. She is the group CDO of Seed Academy which is a training and incubation um, academy. She's branding and marketing specialist, an author, a speaker, and such a classy dresser. I will send you pictures. Welcome to the show, Donna. Thanks so much for having me. I am so happy you're here. What did you think of my statement about being the kind of woman that makes other women step up their game? I love that statement because what we don't do enough as women is help other women step up. And it's quite interesting. I had two meetings this morning with uh, two organizations that I've invested in. Yes. Both that have women CEOs. We lo- Ooh, well, we've got to have an introduction to those Absolutely. ladies. Absolutely. I will introduce both of them. And, you know, part of what I loved about our discussions is it's women speaking to other women and looking at how we can support each other to take that step up. I know you're very passionate about inclusion. I know you're very passionate about entrepreneurship. I think that's why you're here. I know you're very passionate about diversity. Within these conversations, within your life, within your businesses, what are the things that women are struggling with as career women? I think women struggle with a lot. In fact, you know, I'd summarize it quite easily with a book I wrote to actually just summarize all my thinking on the subject called Play to Win What Women Can Learn from Men in Business. And I must just highlight it's a very thin book. The sequel, What Men Can Learn from Women in Business, is going to be monumental. (laughs) Yes, please. Yes, absolutely. But... But what I do do in that book is, you know, I articulate through my career some of the key challenges that women face. So, for example, business is a game. You know, don't take it personally. Amen to that. Ditch the small incremental moves. What do you mean by that? Think big. Go big. Don't take a little step, little step, little step. You know, I learned that in my career when I was a marketing manager at African Explosives and Chemical Industries, and I'd been there 10 years, and I was looking at the next kind of step in my career, and it was a choice of a marketing manager position at a blue chip organization, or it was the marketing director for the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. Wow, and? Now, let me tell you, there were no ways that I was ready to be a marketing director. But, and I didn't know it then, I thought, let me take this big move. I'm going to fake it till I am it. And I am going to embrace this and make it happen. And it was the best thing I did in my whole career. The reason being is that after that, I was only offered marketing director positions. And my career did this. Skyrocketed. Rocketed. Yeah. Let's let's go back, Donna. Where did you grow up? 
Who's who was the little girl? Who what was her dreams? What was her environment then to be such a dynamic force of nature that uplifts other women now later on in your career? And I feel that you feel like your career is only beginning. You're, you're, you're realizing and connecting with diversity of people that are just making you come alive. And I believe the world needs more people who have come alive. So take us back to the beginning. So I was actually born and brought up in Zimbabwe. In fact, I feel very privileged in terms of my upbringing. I was born in Rhodesia, transitioned to Zimbabwe, Rhodesia, transitioned to Zimbabwe. I then came to South Africa at the age of 17, was in apartheid South Africa, then the transition to uh, the new South Africa. And so I've lived through pretty historic times. But in terms of growing up, my childhood was not easy. My my family was not well off. I was never amazing as a child. In that I wasn't the prettiest. I wasn't the most clever. I had really bad acne, which really took its toll on me. Um, and I as just it does did, young for young kids. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. it just plays, yeah. you know, on kind of your self esteem. Absolutely, and and. Interestingly enough, as a child, I never felt enough. It was... Only child brothers and sisters? um, No, so I've got two older sisters, but a big age difference. So I kind of, you know, grew up as an only child. Um, And I needed to put myself through university. My my parents weren't able to, to put me through a university education. And I remember landing on um, the the steps of Wits at the tender age of just turned 17. And I had to find bursaries to get myself through university. And I had to find a life. There was no one that I knew. And I had to dig deep at the age of 17 and say, right, Donna, you're going to make this happen. Um, And by the way, I also remember going to a vocational psychologist at the age of about 15, and I was looking for career options. And she said to me, you know what, university is not an option for you. Why don't you kind of go the secretarial route or maybe even a technicon? So it was against all this adversity that I started to dig deep. And I realized there and then that I had the power to create the life that I wanted. And from that moment on, I started carving that life. And I received three bursaries that year. I got myself into a course that only took 60 people and had recruited the year before. And I started working. And I started understanding who I was and I started defining what success was going to look like. What did you want? What what was your vision for your future? The vision for my future was... What were your dreams? My dream has always been to make a difference, to make an impact and to live a life of significance more than success. So I've never been driven by money because I define that as success. Your material possessions and what you have. 
Whereas significance is the impact that you make, the legacy that you leave, and how you empower other people. The result has been that the money has flowed. Amen to that. But it hasn't been my focus. So I did an undergrad course in social work. You? you know, believe that I could save the world through through social work as a matter of interest, never practice as a social worker. But that certainly gave but me... But that's such a, a critical... That is humanity. That is how people connect with you. That's how you connect with people. And that's how you engage and be able to empower them. I remember Winnie Mandela, she was a social worker. Before anything else, she was the first black female social worker in our country. So that that's... Big for me in my eyes. Continue, Donna, please. Yeah. You absolutely spot on that social work just is a mind blowing course in terms of your ability to relate to individuals. Absolutely. The ability to engage teams, but most importantly to impact the communities in which you're a part of. And I think that that's been central to how I've operated. On, on both an individual team and organizational level. I know that you're very, um, you see the power of the people yeah. within corporations, within businesses, within enterprises. You see and value um, teamwork as dream work. Mm-hmm. What other things can you tick in your box of values and what you place as top priority as a businesswoman and as a human being? So interestingly, one of my core values is brutal honesty. I love you, Donna. You know that. We're <laughs> going to get along just fine. Bring it, bring it on. Bring it on. I, I truly believe that. Are you know, a take-no-nonsense kind of woman? Yeah. You know, just say it as it is. I'm not out to be the most popular. Um, I say my views and I express them openly. I'm not uncomfortable to be controversial if I need to be. So... Honesty is a key value, and I truly believe in the power of collaboration, and I will strive always to collaborate. In fact, sometimes my competitors in the marketplace get a bit of a shock when I phone them up and say there's a project, I understand your core strengths versus ours, let's work together to make this happen. And especially in the context of entrepreneurship in South Africa, we all operate in our silos and the net result is that entrepreneurs are not needing what they need to become scalable um, impactful businesses in South Africa so I think collaboration is is kind of a very very key element element and you know living on purpose you know understand what it is and and it links to significance where is that impact? Where is that difference? Where is that legacy that you're going to leave? Hard lessons learned. Have, have you, has, I don't think that your path has always been clear cut. Oh, no. Far from it. Tell us more about that. Well, as I said, my, my childhood was challenging. Um, you know, getting through university, it was sometimes a lonely place, you know, financially having to have the bursaries, working on the side, you know, having to buy my own car, um, you know, going through the different leadership positions that I did and needing to learn a whole lot of lessons. And interesting, What lessons did you learn and hard lessons? Yeah, hard lessons mm. that, uh, you know, as I said, 
the the core kind of elements that I speak about in my book, you know, learning not to take things personally, learning to, um, you know, stand on your own two feet, understanding that ultimately, and it may sound a little bit cynical, but ultimately you've got yourself to fall back on. You've got yourself to blame if things go really bad. It's, you can't blame other people, you know, this person is the one who you've got to keep looking at. And looking after. Looking after, but also understanding very critically and very honestly, Mm. what are your strengths Mm. and what are your weaknesses? And, you know, as you know, I'm very passionate about the concept of personal branding and what it does for career and business success. Mm. And what I always say to people is understand your strengths and take them to the next level. Don't spend 80% of your time working on your weaknesses. You'll never experience magnificence and huge success if that is your focus. So as a leader, for me, it's about being very, very honest about weaknesses and compensating for those weaknesses and surrounding yourself with the people who can take your weaknesses um, and turn them into strengths. Let's continue with the book that she gave me today. Let's start there. (laughs) I love reading. I love books. So it's called Branding and Marketing You. Learn from nine very successful people how to plan, develop, grow and market your personal brand. Who are the nine people? Uh, so there's a whole oh, lot. You'll okay, recognize a lot of them. Alan, Professor Tim Noakes, yes, we love Jack, um, um, Tumi Mahaba. How was the process of writing books and being an author? How, and how you've kind of um, incorporated that into your own personal brand and business? So I, I've written three books and they've kind of followed the same formula, which mm. really works for me, mm. is one of my skills is taking stories and applying the theory to those stories Mm. in a way that people can learn easily. Mm. So the three books I've written is Branding and Marketing You, Branding and Marketing You Through Teams, and Play to Win What Women Can Learn from Men in Business. I'm definitely getting that one, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And really it's about, you know, hearing the stories of these amazing people and teams and then extrapolating what I understand about branding, about marketing, and about women getting ahead in the workplace and applying those principles in a way that people can digest them in a practical and inspiring way. I know you're highly educated um, as an MBA and all of this I'm very interested, as I told you prior to the show, of um, going through the journey of um, MBA education. What was the best thing that you got out of completing your MBA? Besides, obviously, the technical education that you got. So interestingly, the MBA was very powerful in my career. And the reason being is that you know, I started off my career in a change management kind of HR field. And I did the MBA because I wanted a more holistic understanding of business. 
in terms of the different elements that made up a business. And interestingly enough, during the MBA, I fell in love with branding and marketing. And, you know, from there, kind of my career really took off um, in the context of marketing. But, you know, I believe, and it doesn't really need to be an MBA, it's as much education that you need to feel comfortable to do what you need to do. Um, And that's why I say to people, don't feel hung up if you don't have the MBA or you don't even have a degree. It's not about that. But what is it you need that's going to give you the confidence to do what you do? Family. Let's talk about family. You're a mom? Yes. So I'm very blessed. Um, Interestingly enough, the way I met my husband was rather bizarre. Tell us, tell us. Bizarre. Um, I was actually marketing director at the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants and a guy phoned me up rather randomly, wanted to go on a date, went on a date with him that night, really enjoyed the evening and kind of said to him, do you think that I'll meet you again? And he said, yeah, maybe in about a year's time. I said, what, what do you mean, mean a year's, year's time? time? <laughs> he said, no, I'm going traveling to the United States and backpacking. Um, so I'll see you when I see you. So I thought about him for about a week and then I kind of switched off. Then I decided to take a sabbatical and went to Australia to find either a husband or a a job and I found neither, but landed up on the doorstep of my sister who lives in the UK, was paging through the business times and saw this incredible position, sales and marketing director for professional service-based business. At that time, and that must have been about 19, 20 years ago, the position was going for the equivalent of 1 million rand, a car and a housing allowance. And I got terribly excited. But there were 200 people who were just as excited as me. Mm. And what I realized quickly, they had the same skills, they had the same qualifications. And I had to really think about what was going to make me stand up, what was going to make me get this job. Absolutely. And I realized what I do brilliantly Mm. is I can facilitate strategic thinking Mm. while motivating practical action. So I'm very strategic, but very practical. Mm. Anyway, I went in on that slant for every interview, came down to five of us, had to do a five-year business plan, and I got the job woman but there's more yeah i had to be out of the uk while they processed my work application and i came back to south africa to pack up my life and i bumped into the guy who'd introduced me to this other guy and i said how's what's his name i couldn't even Mm. remember what his Mm. name was he said oh dion you won't believe it um he's just got back from his travels why don't you give him a call so i gave him a call went on my second date with him And I knew on that second date that I was going to marry this man. He only knew three years later, but that's besides the point. (laughs) I phoned the UK the very next day and I said, I'm sorry, I can't take your job. I've met the man I'm going to marry. I swear. And the best decision that I ever made. Still with with him today. In fact, we celebrated our 18-year anniversary on Monday. Two beautiful kids. Two unbelievable kids. Listen, woman. So, yes, 
in my eyes, that's why you are Empower Women on Future CEOs with me specifically. And I just wanted you all to myself. Because as women, our careers, our families, our husbands, do we juggle? Is there such thing called a work-life balance? Are there times where you can have it all but not at one time? How did it work for you? Because it's different for everybody. How did it work for you? So it's interesting. Um, I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter. What age? If you, yeah, bring it. What well, age is it? she is 16 now okay. and I'm 51. Okay. So your yeah. audience can work that out. Yeah. And I remember a really, good good, age. a really good mentor said to me, yeah. Donna, I promise you, when you have children, when you work, you will feel guilty that you are not with your children. And when you are with your children, you're going to feel guilty that you're not working. And I kind of thought, how could this be true? But it's a reality. We face it as women. Personally, I don't believe in balance. And I think that, you know, part of my marriage being what it is, is also being brutally honest. So there was a time early on in my marriage where I think my husband had a very traditional mother. I remember going to her for dinner and there was a beautiful three-course meal and there was um, a beautiful starter and the main with the three-colored vegetables and the pudding. And I sense that at a time in our marriage, he was looking for that kind of nurturing. And I said, Is that what I you, said straight, Dion. You, that's not... I will never be yeah. that kind of wife. Yeah. I, need it. I need to say it straight. Absolute. I love work. I, I love it. I love my work too. I will never give it up. It will be an integral part of me. Absolutely. And I think why our marriage works so well is that it really is a 50-50 partnership. You know, Dion does so much for, for our children Uh, he's an amazing role model to them and he's respected that my work is an integral part of what I do and that he can't change that. What is the ultimate values that you are trying to embark or not or kind of um, instill in your kids? So look, Bringing up children in this day and age is not easy. Mm. In fact, interestingly enough, at the beginning of the year, I called a family meeting mm. with my husband and my two children. And I said, kids, we need to talk about this. I may not get through your teenagehood at this stage. We need to come to a way that we're going to work together and you know, make this workable. And it really worked well. I believe strongly in family meetings, by the way. Mm. I asked them both to bring their budgets to the meeting. Mm. Um, and they said, this is not a business meeting that mm. we're running. I said, hey, mm. budgeting is Abs a core part. And you speak about a, a lot about that just in your businesses and to women entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Exactly. Financial independence. Financial is, security. Is absolutely key. Financial literacy. Mm, yeah. I'm so the you. one thing I like to do with my kids is they need to think about what they're going to save, what they're going to do to give back in terms of charity and give to other people, and what is it they need money for, and how they're going to start making money. So I think that is something that I instill quite strongly, as well as absolute tolerance and humility for all kinds of people in the world. 
When it comes to entrepreneurs, and that's what I've found, especially doing future CEOs for so for some time, especially in the startup space, Donna, there's kind of a blur with entrepreneurs when it comes to personal and business finance. What do you think about that? And how is financial security when it comes to startup businesses? What are you finding? So it's interesting. In your training. On our training programs yeah. and the mentoring that we do, yeah. we have a, a module that actually deals with that. It's helping to understand the difference between personal and business finance yeah. and how to manage that effectively. Quick fire. And quick fire is I say a sentence or a word and you tell me exactly the first thing that comes to your head. Uh, strategic alliance. What comes to mind when I say that to you? The most important aspect of growing a business. I'm going to come back to that. That's too juicy to let go. The power of focus. In terms of entrepreneurship, focus is the only way you'll build a scalable, successful business. Last one. Your net work is your net worth. Your net work is your net worth. Absolutely. Is that the truth? It's the truth. So I was thinking about this. So your network is critical. Yeah. But also what you bring to your network is critical because the more you can give to your network the more you will get back from them okay so when i teach people how to network yeah i'm always teaching them to think about how they can add value for other people with no expectation of return and that has been something that has really helped me to be successful in my career listen i mean the first thing you said to me and gareth which you see oh it's you were like instantly what is UGC all about? I can help you. Within a minute of meeting you, Donna, I can help you. I can add value to you. And that's why you're a power woman in my eyes. Let's go back to Strategic Alliance. I just, so, you know, as I'm very passionate about marketing. Yeah. And I believe in the power of Strategic Alliances. So, especially in terms of businesses wanting to build and grow, if you can find a strategic alliance where you both share the same target customer, but your offerings are not competing, and you can find a way of creating a win-win solution, it's absolute power in the market. In fact, the business that I'm currently in, we've grown significantly through strategic alliances. I'm very passionate about that. Is that what you call a merge? Not even a merge, because each business does their thing. Okay. But they're coming together to share contacts, to, you know, share prospects. And, you know, I'm a strong believer one plus one equals three. Personal branding pitfalls as women in years. Where do we go wrong? Okay, so one of the key things with us as women is that we always wait to get noticed. We don't go out there and ensure that we position ourselves for success. And I remember, you know, even with the story I told you about Dion, is, you know, I was waiting for a, for a marriage proposal. And we were in Mauritius. And beautiful sunsets, beautiful beaches, beautiful dinners every night. And I expected that he would bring the ring out every night and propose. But he didn't. I was waiting. And then we flew back to South Africa. He's an aeronautical engineer. He loves flying. He got up out of his seat. I thought he was going to the pilot to announce over the intercom that he wanted to marry me. But... 
still no proposal. So, you know, I tell the story because often as women, we wait and we wait and we wait. Uh, it's really important that we start to package our successes and start to communicate to our key stakeholders the value that we deliver. It's not being arrogant. Often what I find with women is that we'll give a lot of credibility and recognition to the team that we work with, but we seldom take the recognition ourselves. I think also, uh, and it's another chapter of my book, Play to Win, is say it, it doesn't have to be 100%. Collaborate. So often as women, we feel that something has to be 100%. Perfection. Perfection. Before we go out. To do it. To do it. Or to to be it. it. Yeah, correct. So there's a lot of women that I've coached who have the potential to be in leadership positions. And often what I find is they've got well-formulated thoughts, ideas, um, you know, ways to build the business, but they feel that their thinking and approach has to be 100% before they open up and communicate it. Whereas a man, promise you, even with presentations, Mm. they haven't done half the preparation Mm. that we have. I know. But they will stand up with a sense of, this is me, I know know it, I'm confident. It's done. It's done. Absolutely. You have a big problem with unemployment in this country. I think that's why you're such a passionate um, entrepreneur and uh, and builder of successful entrepreneurs. What other things hurt you about our country, but you think you can create solutions to fix that? So one of my biggest frustrations in this country is that there's so much money available for the development of entrepreneurs, but A, it's not being deployed. In fact, let me qualify that. It's not being deployed effectively in a way that builds resilient entrepreneurs with scalable businesses. We want to see long-term because as a startup myself, Five years, I'm like, oh my God, I just made it to five years. You know, we want to see sustainability and viability, correct? So it's interesting at Seed Engine, um, and Seed Engine has two parts to it, Seed Academy, which is our activations business, Mm. and the WDB Growth Fund, which is... Where Faith is CEO, Yeah, correct? Absolutely. So that is, so in fact, uh, WDB is a 51% shareholder in Seed Engine. Okay. And the WDB Growth Fund is a venture capital fund that is focused on providing high-impact business development support, Mm. uh, access to markets, Mm. and access to funding Mm. for primarily women and youth-based businesses. And how does one enter into that space, into the academy? Are there criteria? How do we get into that academy? Absolutely. So we do have a website, www.seedengine.co.za. But basically, we're looking for those businesses that do have some traction, They've been around kind of three to five years. They're making some money. They got a team, but they want that capital injection and support to scale them. 
for me, South it's, Africa... It's especially for women entrepreneurs, yeah. Donna? Women and youth. Women and youth, okay. Under 30, Under but 30. primarily women. Okay. Our key footprint is women. Love and it. our passion is women. Love it, yes. Love women. Yes, love it. If I can see 20 women entrepreneurs a day, I'm excited. Okay. Uh, but really, you know, South Africa is going to... The economy of South Africa will be impacted when we identify those businesses that have potential to scale mm. and we give them everything that we've got mm. to ensure that they are scalable as opposed to focusing on many small businesses mm. that don't necessarily have the right entrepreneurs that are going to build the, bus- the economy. Can you believe time has gone so quickly? No. It's almost time to wrap up. No. Tell, we're just warming I up. Know, we're just warming up. Tell us, tell me something that nobody knows about you. What don't people know about you? So I don't know if it's um, not what anybody knows, but um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, when? three years ago, uh, January 2015. And was probably one of the most powerful and positive experiences of my life. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, happy to. I learned at that time to fear absolutely nothing. I fear nothing. I don't fear death. I don't fear leaving my children. I fear nothing. And what I have learned is that this life is short. You have to spend every moment cherishing it living it to the full, and most importantly, surrounding yourself with the people that nourish and nurture you as opposed to the negative energy and those people that pull you down and to ultimately know that God has a plan for all of us and that all is good in our world. Is that what you learned? It's amazing that we have to go through really hard times to come to a true sense of self and what's worthy in our lives and what we want to be worthy of our time and our focus and our energy. So just one thought. I really don't see it as a bad thing that happened to me. Okay. It just is. It just is. So I'm quite kind of Buddhist in my thinking. Life is what it is. It's neither positive and it's neither negative. And it's what you make. It's what you make of it Amen. and what you bring to the situation. Absolutely. And, and how you walk away. Exactly. 100%. Absolutely. How you embrace it and how you walk away. You're awesome. We're so privileged to have you on the show. Last two questions. Are you having a good time? Absolutely. <laughs> Just love your energy. No, you're you ama- are incredible. You are incredible. Let's go back to the 21-year-old Donna. Just um, about to probably start officially professional work, but still studying, as you were saying. What would you say to 21-year-old Donna about life? I think something that's, you know, really been a key learning for me is to surround yourself with mentors and sponsors okay. who really look after your well-being and want to see you get ahead. My, 
seriously, I was very fortunate at an early stage in my career to be pushed up very quickly. And it was because I had the most incredible mentors and sponsors who really looked out for me. And that's why I make a a distinction between a coach who will help you with short-term issues that you need assistance with, a mentor. I probably have about 20 mentors in my life. They're key people who I go bounce ideas off, who open networks for me, who challenge my thinking. And sponsors, in terms of being in a corporate setting, are people who are focused on building your career and ensuring that you move up the ranks in an organization. I needed to hear that. That really is food for thought for me. Advice to all the female entrepreneurs uh, wanting more, wanting to create more impact, wanting to obviously make a bit of money. No, a lot of money, but wanting to change our reality for the better. Give us some advice. Yeah, so, I mean, I've got a few bits of advice. So, to more advanced kind of woman entrepreneurs. Yes, I love that. So, let's break it up from the startups and the yeah, media. Yeah. yeah, you know what you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, because this would be the biggest wish for myself is to find a wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll marry you. Will you marry me? No, so so don't get me wrong. Love my husband, but wouldn't trade my husband. But you need a flipping good support system. You need that support with all the kind of stuff that, you know, you can't always get to. So having a really great support system around you is key. Um, in terms of women entrepreneurs, don't try to do it alone. When we evaluate entrepreneurs at Seed, we always look at a team. So often women entrepreneurs think they need to do it on their own. Try find a good partner in business. Teamwork and collaboration. Teamwork. Teamwork. One plus one equals three. Mm. So that's very powerful. And yeah. don't underestimate the power of thinking big. Don't think small. Think big. You know, find, you know, if you need funding, go out and get that funding and build the empires that we need to build in our country. Donna Rachelson, the kind of woman that makes other women step up their game. I'm not even going to thank you because I'm going to hang out with you. But for all of you who are motivated and inspired by Donna Rachelson, the group CEO of Seed Academy, branding and marketing specialist author and all the great things. But most importantly, she's a giver. She's a builder. She's a leader. And she's a dreamer. That's it from me. Subi Boya Arnold. This was clearly one of the most important conversations that I've had this week. So that's it from me. And that's it from Power Woman. Subi Boya Arnold, future CEOs. This is CliffCentral.com.